inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. For many years, our today's guest was a true student of human connection. And today she's a human connection specialist. And if you remember, you have been following this podcast in late 2019, she was here. So let's welcome back Simone Heng. Simone Heng is a human connection specialist and former international broadcaster for the likes of Virgin Radio Dubai, HBO Asia, and CNBC, among others, with over 15 years of experience as a communicator on air, on stage, and on one-on-one in different countries, connection has always been her life's work. As a speaker, Simone inspires people to connect in a world thirsty for connection. She has spoken to thousands and often for Fortune 500 organizations. Her clients include Salesforce, SAP, L'Oreal, TEDx, the United Nations, and many more. Simone and her work have been also featured on CNN and in Vogue, Elle, Harper's Bazaar, among others. Simone is based in, was born in Singapore, but has also studied in Switzerland, was raised in Australia, and worked in the U- United Arab Emirates. And her first book is coming, and it's called Secret Pandemic, The Search for Connection in a Lonely World. Welcome again, Simone. Hi. Hi, thank you. What a beautiful introduction, and I really appreciate that. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. It's really great having you back after a bit more than two years, and I know that you have had very interesting projects, and of course, we're going to talk about your book. So please tell us what happened in this a bit more than two years since last time we talked. Oh, my goodness. Well, this little thing called a pandemic happened. Mm. <laughs> um, that was not so planned. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Um, So, you know, when Oscar and I, when we last spoke, I had just left my full-time job to embark on a career as a speaker. And you can imagine, you know, six months into your own small business, uh, the pandemic hitting. Mm -hmm. And so I made a very quick pivot into coaching um, presentation skills for people, something that I knew, but at the same time continued to put out human connection work and use the pandemic time really to study I loved, loved, loved being able to give out free communications tips during the pandemic to help people. You know, it was such a bleak time, 2020, for so many. And mm-hmm. for me, as I don't have children and at the time I was living alone, you know, my exposure, yes, of course, it was a little bit lonely being in a one-bedroom apartment by yourself. I, had, I wasn't living with my partner at the time yet. But it gave me a lot of time to plan and think and set up the infrastructure for my business. And then when things came back, because I was just creating such a volume of social media content, uh, it's just been amazing. So, of course, there were, you know, gigs to like 20,000 cancelled to, you know, in Seoul and things like that. Uh, But And that was, you know, awful to lose those speaking gigs during that time. But at the same time, it provided for all of us this kind of journey into having to learn to be adapt and not holding on and kind of letting go of our ideas about how things should be. And then at the same time, I was able to set up this CourageousSpeaking.com community that I have, which specializes in um, helping 
Asians, because I'm based, I'm Asian, obviously, and I'm based in Singapore, helping Asians to connect with their authentic voice and speak up more in multinational organizations. And that membership now is about 250 people, uh, paid members in it. But we have, you know, a lot more people following us online. And it's been so wonderful to give back to people. I ran a lot of workshops and things too for storytelling and career coaching. But now, 2022, um, I spent last year, 2021, writing my book. And in the process of writing the book on human connection, it was such a fascinating time because the panic, the pandemic was yielding such interesting data on how we are reacting to being socially distanced, how we're reacting in the workplace to being in a hybrid setting. And that was really fascinating. And I wanted to mix that with a lot of the work that I knew about trauma and how trauma um, can work to actually make us quite lonely. And I wanted wanted to put it all together in literally my view on the topic of human connection because I'm not the only person who speaks about it. I'm not the only human connection specialist in the world, but everyone has to have their own take on it. And that really, that book is my first take on the journey so far into the human connection research and study. And it arrived in a box today at my doorstep. And it was an amazing moment. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, you've been through it. You're an author. Uh, But, you know, you work on something for one year and you work on it alone. So there was this kind of contradictory, this hypocrisy of writing about human connection and the studies on what it does to our well-being when we're socially distanced and we're forced to be alone. And then to actually be writing it in that environment was kind of quite uh, ironic. Mm. But it, since then, it's been incredible. So I'm about to go to Las Vegas and speak. The international speaking gigs are back. I'll be in Canada in April. Uh, hope later in the year I'm going to be in your end of the world, Oscar. And so I can see gigs coming back. But in the meantime, you know, I have a full virtual studio now in my home and I do loads of international keynotes from the virtual studio. I was up at 3 a.m. this morning doing one with the U.S. So what we've seen is also for me fascinating is like all of the communication work I ever did in the first 15 years of my career on television that I thought, you know, I would I would not really need how much I needed them and how valuable that information is to organizations right now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I thought you were the only human connection specialist, but you're not. In, but you're yeah. the, the only one I know, at least. <laughs> We're, we're all, fr- I mean, the others are all in North America. I'm the only okay. one outside North America, but we're, we're all kind of friends. I'm going to send them a copy of my book as well. <laughs> uh, you know the others, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should, right? If we, I think I'm more, um, like I kind of connected the, the guys on email and, you know, I believe like whatever you speak on, you should live it. Mm, and, yes. uh, and it's been really fruitful for some of them who got in touch because they're all in the same part of the world. I'm the one that's all on my own over in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So please tell us about your your book, The Secret Pandemic. So how was your, yeah. Yeah. What your inspiration? So, who, who was, who you were thinking of? Who should read it? So my core audience for this book is really the people who follow me on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And that's a very specific demographic of Asian women from the age of 35 to kind of 55. And they, um, they're either Asian in Asia or Asian in America, Europe, Australia. And these are women who know that something is a little bit off in their lives 
they can't put their finger on what it is, what's kind of blocking them, I guess, from feeling deeper fulfillment. And my book, I would like to think, is one of the first in the world to really talk about what it's like to grow up in an Asian family and experience this disconnection of conditional love where you are a vehicle for success or shame culturally for your family. And what that does to disconnect a child and make a child feel lonely within the family unit. And then that goes on to talk about how that childhood kind of shows up in the rest of our lives. And then the the later chapters in the book move on to address larger societal issues about social distancing and loneliness and disconnection. So things like digital addiction, um, Mm -hmm. things like living as an expat and um, feeling nomadic. So it, it starts very much from the personal and then it moves broadly outwards in the later chapters. Yeah, yeah, I can I I went through through your book and yeah, I could see several very personal stories. So uh, and of course stories that touch us and illustrate very, very well what the human connection and everything that is is related in things that have changed uh, or were brought out yeah. now with the pandemic. Yeah. <clears throat> did you Oscar, did you feel connected to me when you read the book yes definitely yes yes so okay so that's kind of why I think I I told the stories that I did because I've read a lot of human connection books and it it was amazing it was educational but I didn't feel connected to the author or I didn't feel I didn't feel the gamut of emotions that I I would want to read in a book about human connection I want people to feel resonating with loneliness in the loneliness stories. I want people to Mm -hmm. resonate with the joyful stories. I want people to feel connected, to feel emotion. And so that's very much the style of how I speak on stages. So it would be inconsistent to not have written the book in that same kind of voice. Yeah, and and definitely you have achieved that. And of course, there are also stories from other friends, colleagues. So super interesting. So please tell us now some of the key ideas from your book. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the key takeaways that I think people would love, um, each chapter starts off with like, you know, case studies and points and maybe stories. And then at the end, we have connection challenges. And these are things that people can really go out and action. These are things like, you know, um, how to frame your your Zoom when you're doing uh, communication via virtual to build the utmost trust. There are other things in the book like learning the three orbits of connection you need to feel fulfilled, um, how to tell if a connection is genuine or disingenuous, what is the kind of connection that we all need to feel to feel our best in terms of our physical and mental well-being. So, of course, there are different sorts of connections just to go deeper with that. You can have your business networking groups. You can have um, the neighbour that you just say hello to every day. Or you could be very introverted and maybe only see the doorman at your apartment. There are different sorts of connection, but there is a specific sort of connection that we know from the studies that are important for us to feel safe Because, of course, when we were evolving in tribes as human beings, there was safety in numbers. We became wide for connection because we lived in tribes. So our brain still wants that feeling of safety in numbers. And in the way that we now live, specific, even more with COVID, 
um, we are not getting that. And so it's really kind of outlining for my generation, but even more so for Gen Z, who I talk to a lot on TikTok, who really don't know even where to start with connection because they've had devices from the day mm. they were born. Yes. And so it's it's really signposting, okay, this is the kind of connection you need. Like your friends dumping you for something better. Simon Sinek has done a great video on YouTube about this. Like Gen Z, in their own words, expects that they will be passed over for a better opportunity if they're going to meet their friends and something better comes along. So they, their idea that, you know, relationships are transactional. Uh, these are the things that I'm, I'm trying to illustrate with the research as well as my own stories. Um, these are things that I would love to signpost for Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Super, super interesting. One topic, that's, that's all on the book, and I also noticed because I saw some of your videos during this uh, recent months, recent, yeah, one and a half year at least, uh, you were sharing on, on LinkedIn, is where I see more mostly your, your work. Uh, you were talking about um, how to communicate on video, right? Which is a skill that, well, very few, yes. except people who have, have been already on the media, uh, were used to that, train, trained enough of that. Yeah, how can we adapt ourselves to, to communicating remotely with video that is, is already quite, quite different on a face-to-face? Yeah, well, firstly, you know, how amazing and resilient the world is because when the pandemic first happened, I was getting booked to do um, a keynote I have about this called Connect Authentically via Technology, like crazy, 2020. And now we're already seeing into 2022 how well human beings have adapted. And I no longer get booked a lot for that because everyone is pretty well-versed. But for those people who still find it really difficult, a few tips. Firstly, you know, we want to build trust and connection over the, the lens of that camera. So when you're delivering your interactions with people, particularly one-on-one -on -one meetings, you need to be looking when you're delivering, when you're speaking, down the barrel of that camera. But to avoid your eyes looking like a deer in headlights, I want you to imagine that that camera lens is the eyes or is the face of the person you love the most in the entire world and who is your biggest fan. And that will create what we call the Duchenne smile, where the sides of the eyes crinkle up and create this beautiful warmth and sincerity that other human beings perceive as authentic connection. So you want to be doing that. Um, secondly, you know, feel free to crop your video outwards. And what I mean by that is the bottom of your laptop screen should actually coincide with the muscly part, your uh, diaphragm, the muscly part uh, in between your rib cage. So if you touch between your where your rib cage meets, there'll be a little triangle of muscle. That's kind of the point where at the end of your laptop screen should be framed. Most people are making the mistake of framing too close. And why this is important is um, Vanessa Van Edwards, another communications expert, mm -hmm. she did a study that um, when we were in early man evolving in tribes, the first thing we would do when we would meet a stranger is we would glance at their hands to see if they had a weapon that could <laughs> hurt us. And in so doing if you were to get up on a stage and do a speech with your hands behind your back, your subconscious, the subconscious of the audience mm -hmm. perceives you as hiding something and not being trustworthy or transparent. So obviously trust is the cornerstone of human connection. To build that on digital, you want to be cropping out so that your arms are in the shot 
and so that you can gesticulate like you normally would in person. And that's really, really so easy. In digital body language, if you cut your hands out underneath while delivering a presentation, for example, or a pitch, that's the equivalent of standing on on a TEDx stage with your hands behind your back. (laughs) The audience is distracted. So that's my second tip. My third tip would be when somebody is delivering to you on Zoom, a presentation in a small group, one-on-one, I would really advise everyone to give the same listening cues they would give if they were in person at a coffee. Oscar, if you and I met in Helsinki and we were at a coffee, if you spoke to me, I would look you in the eyes. I would nod my head. I would express Mm -hmm. acknowledging something you've said. I would smile, nod, all of these things. Now, people, um, we get trained to do this in the media when we do interviews, but people don't know this. So, This is really important. Connection is not a one-way broadcast. Connection is like an interview. It it is a two-way exchange. Um, I define human connection as that incredible experience we all have. It's an energetic rapport where we can see, feel, and discover ourselves in another human being. So there is a mirroring involved in this. And so I think that that is really, really important, that you know, that person can see themselves in you because you are responding to what they're saying. So just to recap that, the first um, thing is, you know, look down the barrel of the camera, imagine it's the person who loves you the most. Second thing is crop your screen outwards, putting your hands in the in the frame. And the third thing is give those listening cues you would give in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much for that. And actually one that normally I don't hear when I ask people about uh, you know, how to... Uh, speaking from the camera is about actually the second one when you mentioned that you should you should basically show your arms or the possibility that that the the person who is in front of you will see your when you move your hands mm-hmm. so you have to yeah so show more of your body more uh at least half yes of, yeah the see the, the, the half yes. part of your body that's that's the idea so they can see yeah and it's definitely i agree with that uh, that's something i don't see so often actually um people tend to show yeah the, the the face yes and maybe too much the upper part where there's nothing just the, the ceiling sometimes exactly so they're like <laughs> a disembodied head yeah that's something that tip definitely i will remember i will put in practice myself i will focus pay more attention into that also show part of my um yeah show my my, my hands because sometimes through sometimes i'm doing the the gesture with my hands but the the audience is not seeing it so yeah that's that definitely something i will remember and something that you also mentioned uh, in in your book is how to um, yeah how to create connection how to for instance you create new relationship new connection and uh, strengthen connection when you don't meet in person maybe you the whole relationship is uh, professional relationship or colleagues or friendship it can be completely online for for a long period so how can you yeah yeah create a connection if if it's mostly not Maybe not, not, not only, but mostly uh, online. So what we know from a study that came out um, at the beginning of last year, one year into the pandemic, was that they discovered that doing all your communication via video, or even like you and I are doing right now, tethered to the computer but with the video off using audio, was actually more fatiguing for employees in the US than doing an old school phone call. So if you're going to be building friendship, you want to be relaxed. Mm -hmm. Friendship should not feel exhausting. And if you are doing back-to-back virtual meetings all day on Zoom or WebEx or whatever it is, 
trying to build that friendship then um, needs to feel like it's not in your work time. It's a social thing. So grab your mobile phone, arrange to do it as an audio call, go out and walk your dog at the same time or walk in nature while taking the call. Um, don't feel you always have to have the video chat. So I found that really interesting because at the beginning of the pandemic, all of the communications people felt like, you know, you've got to have your camera on. But, you know, we've never been in this pandemic before in the history of the world. And so everyone is also learning and studying as we go. And I think that's really fascinating that they discovered that across the survey. So that is one thing that I tell to organisations, you know, have a phone-only Friday. Don't feel, um, and expanding on that, don't feel if you're getting to know someone that it always has to be on video chat. Mm. Yes, definitely. It's a, it's, it's a good one. Sometimes we have um, like calls with colleagues. Sometimes there's no need to show the screen because sometimes you need, of course, but sometimes you don't. Uh, and so definitely this is a good idea. Uh, when it's not needed, just have like a, like a call and you can be, as you say, even moving, you can be walking around. or Yeah, and, and I, think the, I, I think the primary thing there is to make it a WhatsApp call or a phone call, not making people sit at the you know, at their desk, still in that hunched over position, um, you know, with the video off. What I'm saying is it must be like a phone call because when you're still sitting in that workplace environment where you're doing all your work calls, the body, your body and your mind doesn't necessarily have that demarcation that, hey, this is now getting to know somebody socially mm -hmm. versus work. So, Just to reiterate there, what I'm advocating for is, you know, take your phone for a walk and talk to your friend. <laughs> yes, definitely. That's a good one. Any other tip you would give us uh, related to this? Um... Yeah, yes. uh, there's some pillars I share in a keynote and one of them is commonality connects. And what I mean by this is look for commonalities to, when, when we perceive people to be like us, we, we build rapport. We think that they're from that same ancestral tribe as us. So when I was in Portugal uh, recently, this is an idea of how you can also do this on Zoom. I was in Portugal recently, you know, there are not many Chinese people like myself traveling overseas at the moment. And I was wearing a Bruce Lee T-shirt and I was at a castle in Lisbon and there was a group of um, 10 mainland Chinese tourists walking up mm -hmm. this stairs and the guy at the front saw me and he goes, oh, Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, you know him? Because I didn't want to assume they were from China. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, of course, I'm Chinese. And then I swapped into Mandarin and I said my father is Singaporean Chinese and they said like ah and we had this moment of like oh we're Chinese people in Europe part of this bigger mm -hmm. tribe and of course it's been a really hard couple of years for people of Chinese background in terms of discrimination and so there was this moment of recognition but this only happened because the guy at the front of the line saw my shirt and picked a commonality that we both both loved Bruce Lee this then led to the larger commonality that we were Chinese, which then led to the larger common, common experience that we were Chinese people overseas in Europe. So when you get on your virtual communication, check out the virtual background of the person you're connecting with. Do they have an Arsenal football shirt framed in the back of the um, screen? And you have a great story that you can start conversation with based off that. Do they have 
a brand new lipstick on that is an incredible color that you would love to know where they got it from because mm. you love makeup as well. So scanning for commonalities, looking for how we are alike in a polarized world is incredibly powerful for human connection. And that works regardless of physical or in person. So I, I challenge people when you jump on your next Zoom call with a new connection, scan for those commonalities to start that conversation. Yeah, it's a definitely um, very nice anecdote. I also like Bruce Lee, actually, but yeah, it's really, really yes, good. Yes, he's and, amazing. <laughs> really good example and how you illustrate it. Simone, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? So my favorite quotation right now, because it does change, is by Michael Jordan. I know people wouldn't pick me for a Michael Jordan fan, but I massively am. Uh -huh. And the quote is, uh, the best endorsement I ever did was the way I played on the court. And why that really resonates with me is I get a lot of offers to do a lot of different things and I'm super creative. And it's easy to really get distracted and let your time be eaten up by social media and all of these things. But the truth is, if I want to be a world-class speaker and have a devotion to expertise on this topic, the most important work that I can do is continuing the research the sort of work that nobody sees. And why Michael Jordan was so successful was while his, I suppose his counterparts were off, you know, partying and getting high profile endorsements. I mean, he did as well, but it never distracted him from really the work happens in the actual function of him playing basketball. And for me, the actual work happens you know, when I'm speaking on those stages and to put that energy really in those places to be world-class, the coaching will always be there. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. It allowed me to survive the pandemic, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily my life's work. And so that quote by Michael Jordan helps me to really remember to stay focused amidst all of these wonderful things that I want to do. Yeah, excellent one. I definitely haven't heard that one and, and illustrate the, the importance of focus uh, very much. Thanks for that. Could you now <laughs> recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? Oh, my goodness. So many, many books. This is really, really um, uh, hard. Do you want it to be a communications book or would you like it to be a general Anything book. that is interesting, actually, that for you has been really, yeah, one that you um, remember. So a lot of the books that I started reading while I was still at the radio to try and move my career into speaking after many, many years of not doing anything, those books kind of blew my mind. And there's one called, mm -hmm. by Susan David called Emotional Agility. And why I think this book is really amazing, it was a lot of things that I knew already and I think a lot of people with EQ will know, but it is really reminding us all of just like the bare bones basic of being a human being and the complexity. It's a reminder of the complexity of what it is to be a human being. So emotional agility, and I, I suppose it's very, very relevant now with what's happening during the pandemic. I also really love... Blue Fishing by Steve Sims, and he's actually uh, given a blurb for my book. Oh. It's just a super easy 
very, very easy to read business book that's really a joy to read and really fun and is a reminder that human connection in business in the year 2022 can be such a huge differentiator for whatever you're trying to launch. Excellent. Thanks a lot for sharing those. Could you now finally tell us, share with us one exercise, something practical that we could do regularly, a routine to shine? Oh, absolutely. So this is one that I have um, had to put into my life. Um, I'm, I'm going through some personal things at the moment and things are quite overwhelming. There's a book launch, there's a trip to Las Vegas, there's this personal stuff happening and it's a lot. And so my counsellor, actually, when I feel really overwhelmed, my counsellor is somebody that I check in. So firstly, first part of the exercise is have someone that you can talk to. Um, mm -hmm. We're all human beings. You know, I'm a very confident person, but I, of, of course, I still feel overwhelmed and vulnerable at moments, and that's natural. So get that help. And what she actually told me was to have this mantra of I am, you know, I am deeply compassionate. I am deeply capable and everything is going to be okay. And I love that because it's funny. I am very busy and for many of us who are very busy, sometimes things just pile up and we don't check in with ourselves. And if you want to be successful in life, you need other human beings and you cannot connect well with other human beings if you don't have a good connection with yourself. And the hugest change in my life, the exponential growth of the business has been because now I make it a priority to have these moments where I go, how are you feeling? Are you feeling capable or not? If you're not feeling capable, time to do this affirmation and mm -hmm. do the breathing and have this moment. And just by slowing down a little bit in that moment, it allows you to do much greater things and to show up for the people in your organization in a much better way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, definitely Excellent. Affirmation. How often should we don't? I look at the moment when times get really tough, I'm doing mm -hmm. it, you know, three, four times a week. And other times where the schedule is not so busy, I don't have to do it as much. But I, I think depending on where you are, where your confidence level is or where your mental health is right now, uh, the more the better. I, I think these things become healthy habits through repetition. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, thanks a lot. It was really a pleasure talking with you, Simon, for the second time. And I'm happy that now your book is coming. Probably at the, <laughs> the time people are listening, is already there. So please tell us, tell us about Secret Pandemic, how it can be found. Yes, you can get Secret Pandemic, The Search for Connection in a Lonely World by me, Simone Heng, on Amazon on the 15th of March. Uh, I, it is going to be delivered to you from anywhere you are in the world. And if that was all just a lot of information for you, if you follow me at Simone Hang on Instagram or LinkedIn, there'll be a lot of posting and updates about it. And so you will see the link to how you can purchase it. And for anyone who's resonated with anything on this podcast today, I hope that the message finds you. You know, when you write a book, you don't write the book to make sales. Books don't make money. It's, it's about... How can my take on this topic help you? And I hope that if it just changes one person's life, I would be happy. <laughs> I'm sure it will change way more, <laughs> way more. Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic book. I will keep uh, recommending oh, it awesome. when it's already launched. 
Uh, again, as you saw, as you hear, there are many ways to find Simon, Simon Heng, um, on on social media. And well, thanks a lot, Simon. It's been again a pleasure talking with you, and all the best. Thank you so much, Oscar. All the best to you, and um, and you know, just wishing you the most wonderful, wonderful time. I hope I'm in Helsinki later in this year to meet you. That'll be great in person. <laughs> Ciao. Bye. 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 Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Do me a favor. Have you read my book, Rock the Tech Stage? Please go to Amazon.com and leave me a review. I appreciate all your support. Keep shining and the next time... <laughs>